Joining us now, he's a two-time Players Champion, Hal Sutton. Hal, what's going on? Hey, Hal. Hey, how's everybody? We're doing good, man. Uh, we're as wet here in the Charlotte area as they are down in uh, in Ponte Vedra, where the Players Championship is trying to be held. Um, man, speaking of weather, what's the, some of the worst conditions you ever had to play in on tour? Mm. Pebble, uh, I played in some pretty bad stuff out at AT&T at, on occasion serious wind and a lot of rain yeah. but uh british open offers some pretty ugly weather. i'll say <laughs> it does right but you know tpc is you know both times i won we had a monday finish yeah, yeah. so well they're hoping for a monday finish at this point i mean the way it's going right now it looks like tuesday wednesday or thursday's in play <laughs> <laughs> Well, they got so much money down there right now. They're going to have to give it to somebody. Right? <laughs> they're going to play until they do. Can you can you believe this purse, Hal? Would you have ever imagined twenty million dollar purse? I mean, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I don't. You know, the tour has really uh, evolved. I don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's amazing. You know, I I think I've told y'all this before, but I won the first six digit check the tour ever paid. Right. Wow. And I won the first seven digit check the tour ever paid. But uh, that is probably never, one of the greatest trivia questions ever. This. Yeah, I know. Can you can you come back to win the first eight digit? Yeah. <laughs> 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 that may they're moving fast. But right. That may take a while. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, so. When you talk about weather and when you talk about conditions at Sawgrass, what what's more difficult? Is it when it gets firm and fast, or you know, is this really wet? No, you know, no roll, really soft greens. What's going to be more difficult for these guys? Because well, we're going because we hard and fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if it's hard and fast, it it adds to the thinking that you've got to do. Mm-hmm. So. If it's going to stop wherever it hits, there's less thinking going sure, on. Sure, sure. But does that now does that bring into another factor with the amount of spin that these guys are going to get on the greens? I mean, you know, you put this pin up on a little shelf and you hit a shot in there, it's going to spin back off yeah. of it. I mean, does that create problems as well at Sawgrass? Yeah, it creates some problems, but you know, uh, hard and fast, the ball won't. You can't predict where right. it's going to stop. Right. Like that it just keeps going. And, uh, you know, you see guys hit it in the water more often when it's hard and fast. You see um, bigger scores when it's hard and fast. Yeah, if you saw if you saw Jordan Spieth shot there yesterday at 17, you know, it's on the walkway. But if it's hard and fast, that ball's, that ball's not in play. It's just not in play. Right. You know, so, yeah, uh, yeah that's the difference. Yeah, I was going to say, the good news is I don't think there's anybody that's sitting around with the the first shot that they have to hit is that first shot at 17 because that group all hit their shots right because dustin johnson's on the green speaks on the walkway uh how how bad would it be knowing that maybe this afternoon the first shot that you have to hit is at the 17th and that wind is going to be absolutely whipping i mean is that just scaring you at this point well windy days at uh at tpc are always tough to handle but if the ground is soft, you can deal with it. Yeah. But if the ground is firm and it's windy, boy, is it tough. Do you hit like like if you're on 17, Hal, and it's and it's soft, but the wind's blowing? Are you just hitting a knockdown nine or something? Is that what you is that what you're going to try to do? Well, you're hitting some sort of knockdown shot, right? But you're uh, depends on the 
you know, you, you picked a specific club. It depends on the, the wind, the wind and sure. how far they're playing. Right. You know, I mean, sometimes you, in those situations, you might hit, if you know it's going to stop, you might hit two clubs too much to keep it down enough. Right. Do you have any idea what the, what's the least amount of club you've ever hit at 17 and what the what's the most amount of club you've ever hit there? Uh, well, I've hit a pitching wedge there before, and I've hit an 8-iron. I've never hit a 7-iron there. Wow. But, uh, because I've you heard, know, I was going to say, I've heard people heard at Pebble Beach say, you know, I oh, mean, number seven. Yeah, number yeah. seven. I Crazy. mean, I've heard, yeah. you know, sand wedge, lob wedge to five iron. Well, I hit a five iron there one time. But <laughs> Did you really? It's a di- yeah, it's a different story there right. because yeah. there's, there's land between you and the green. <laughs> so, That's true. Uh, you know, that island green presents a whole different set it's, of yeah, problems. Yeah when the wind is really blowing hard. The first time I won, I hit eight iron at 17. The wind was blowing hard into us left to right. Mm. And I just played it at the center of the green, let the wind take it over, and it ended up about five or six inches from the hole. But, uh, you know, that the wind did all that. Right. I just aimed it at the middle of the green. Right. Again, talking to two-time players champion Hal Sutton. And Hal, you know, throughout your career – when you were at the top of a leaderboard or, or leading a golf tournament, and, and again, we're talking conditions. I mean, if you're leading, what kind of conditions do you want? Did you want, you know, to have the rest of the field have to deal with? And if you were behind, was there a certain condition that you wanted to maybe pop up that gave you a better opportunity to make a run at the top of the leaderboard? Well, that's a great question, but the answer is going to be the same either way. The only thing that I had any control over was. Uh, how I was playing the mm-hmm. game, what mm-hmm. I was doing in particular, and how it affected the rest of the people in the tournament. You know, I had no control over that. You know, I usually played pretty good in difficult conditions because I, w- I tended to be a lower ball hitter. So, you know, those were the conditions that I liked, uh, and I felt like I uh, had a better chance in. Uh, but those are just what I thought. You know, and the other thing, too, is the. it seems like, you know, the average golfer, um, and even if you're a good player, you know, I always felt like that if I played in windy conditions and I made an, an intentional effort to try and hit them, because I'm a high ball hitter, if I made an intentional effort to try and hit more knockdown shots and hit lower shots, the next time I went out and played, if the conditions were normal, it, you know, trying to hit all those knockdowns screwed me up. Did you ever find yourself trying to change certain things to play to play in certain conditions or did you just really try and play your game because you were a lower ball hitter well we were always as a golfer you're always looking to see if you can add sure. uh, more tools to your tool chest mm-hmm. but, uh the truth of the matter is is you know i the times that i tried to change to uh fit a certain situation uh caused me a great deal of difficulty right. you know yeah. we all have a fingerprint yep and that's who we are. And we usually need to try to accept that. And, you know, the courses that fit you, you will play well on. And the courses that don't fit you, you won't play quite as well on. And, and if you have a, an extended uh, career on the tour, then you will identify the courses that you play real well and the courses that you don't play well. And then your schedule will reflect that. Yeah. I was going to ask you that exact question was, you know, when you get to a point uh, in, in stature on the PGA Tour and, and you're, you know, in the top 10 as far as money winners are concerned, 
will you avoid a tournament that you haven't played well at or you know your game is not suited for? Will you just just and you just kind of said it, but I mean, how prevalent was that in 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 your preparation as far as scheduling was concerned? How? Well, <laughs> there are some courses that you go to in spite of it. You know, to be yeah, honest right. with you. Uh, you know, I always was swimming upstream at Augusta. Never yeah. felt like, I mean, if Augusta hadn't been a major, it would have never been on my schedule because the course just didn't fit my game. Wow. And uh, so there are exceptions to what I said, but you go back and you look at Tiger's career, you mm-hmm. look at all the great players' career, there were certain events that they didn't go to very much because the course simply didn't fit their game. Yeah. And there's no need to put yourself through that mess. No. If you, you know, mentally, it's mentally anguishing to play a golf course that just doesn't fit your eye right. or doesn't fit your game. Because that will carry you forward into the next week. Right. All the problems that you incurred while you were there at the course that doesn't fit, then you go to the next one and you're still remembering what you did last week. Interesting, yeah. All right, I'm completely off subject, Hal. Uh, you know, we we've know we've had this uh, discussion about uh, Mickelson and this Super Golf League, you know, with Greg Norman at the helm. Back in 1993-94 time frame, kind of in the middle of your career, you know, Greg Norman talked about a world golf tour back then. I yeah. mean, what was the consensus of you, the tour players, as Greg was talking about this back then? Well, I think it was the same then as is now. It's hard mm. to bite the hand that's fed you all right. those years. Yeah. The platform that has allowed you to become known, uh, you're going to go ahead and bite that hand off. I mean, I just see. That's I wasn't the... for it then. I'm still not for it. I just, you know, how do you, when you look at the tour, it gives more money to charity than all three other major sports put together, Combined. actually, by long shot. Right. And then it's allowed people to showcase their skills. Uh, you know, where else in the world do you have something like you that don't. that is that charitable and, you know, gives you that ability? You know, so why are you going to bite the hand off this fed you all these years? You know, in Phil Mickelson's case, you know, I've read where his net worth is $600 million. It, I mean, you know, I don't know if you can believe what you read. Right. But, but the truth of the matter is, if it's half that, if it's a quarter of right. that, whatever it is, the platform that he was able to do that on was what he was trying to manhandle and change. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, paying, he's, he's, been, he's been the second biggest recipient from it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's paying. That, that's going to pay off badly for him and it already is yeah i mean i mean it's bad and the good news hal is it sounds like back in you know when norman tried to do this the first time that it fell on deaf ears with the players and it sounds like for the most part it fell on deaf ears again so you from that standpoint i mean i think it proves the point that uh, the pga tour is the avenue and i mean we know what the pga tour does from a, a donating to charity perspective i mean how can you even argue with that aspect of it from a from a money standpoint well, you can't, and you know <laughs> what I've learned. Uh, if I've learned anything about social media, one of the things is, is no matter what your position is, there is someone on the other side. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you will find out about it in social media. Yeah. And you know, we sometimes uh, perfect sense doesn't make perfect sense right. on social yeah. media. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, Hal, we always enjoy the time with you. I know uh, later on this year, we've got a President's Cup here in the Charlotte area, so I'd love to get you back on and pick your brain from the perspective of a uh, of a captain of a team for the U.S., so I uh, would appreciate the time then and appreciate the time now. All right. Well, y'all have a great day. Thank you, Hal. Thanks a lot, Hal.